something special is that we're offering a program for men initiated by Cardinal Burke. It's called the Holy League. And what we're going to do is meet only once a month, the second Saturday of every month. We're going to meet in church at 6.30 in the morning, nice and early. We'll have adoration of the Blessed Sacrament and confessions for the men. And then we will have a brief talk and then Mass follows at 7.30. Over in the school, there'll be coffee and donuts, I suppose, or something like that. I encourage all the men to belong. There's no membership fee or anything of that kind. It's to strengthen the faith and to help men to be good Catholic men. I hope all of you men will be there this coming Saturday. There are people who have an obstacle to believing in God because of the so-called problem of evil. How can there be a good God who permits great evils? Such people become atheists or agnostics. This argument against God, however, is that of a privileged class, of the elite, of the spoiled, who have been given so much good by God that they can't begin to list it all, but who, very much like spoiled brats, accusing their good parents for not giving them everything more than they already have. We recognize this ungrateful generation, do we not? Which has had too much for their own good, and yet always have bitter resentment for not having still more. They can never be satiated. Today I'd like to propose another different reason for not believing in God. It's that we've been given too much. I can't begin to enumerate all the good things I have every day. The radiance of the sun, the heart ticking, food to eat, a heated house, God available on demand, friends, sacraments, church, music to enjoy, I've got it all, and you do too, whether you admit it or not. But my mind can't square this superabundance, this largesse, with my just desserts. Sure, I can think of some other things I'd still like to have. Maybe I could count them on one hand. But I could never begin to jot down all the good things I've already been given. Things I did not ask for or deserve. I wouldn't have enough paper to write them all down. 
And so, there can't be a just God because of the injustice of a surfeit of good things, material, mental, spiritual, all of which are not my due. And so I, like the spoiled atheist or agnostic, have had too much. And even possessing God is one more instance of having it all. I protest. There's too much that's been given me for a just God to exist. See this gospel of the Mass. It is the mind and the matter of the Mass mob. They came to our Lord in droves, 5,000, because they had heard that he cured the sick, not because they were religious believers. They came as opportunists, awaiting their turn. But our Lord multiplied the loaves and fish all the same, and they were satisfied. They got what they wanted. Their bellies were full, and they had their miracle. The result? They wanted to take Christ by force and make him their king so that they'd have more and more of this always. Food for the stomach, miracles for their delight. It's wonderful to hear what St. John says came next. Our Lord withdrew to the mountain to be alone. Are there any souls who seek God for his sake, who love him disinterestedly, Oh God, I want to love you, not that I might gain eternal heaven or escape eternal hell, but Lord, to love you just because you are my God. So begins a favorite prayer. Do we believe in him for our own advantages, for his goodness, or for his goodies? Do we worship him out of fear of losing what we've got, should we fail to do so? As it is, when we are in need of something, we blame him, much as the bratty atheists and agnostics. And if we've been bloated with goods, we wallow in the mire of material things, hoping to live on that way as any good pagan might, or perhaps to pay him lip service, if only that will mean hanging on to what we have. 
Where's pure religion? Are there any who love God because He's God, full of love and goodness in Himself? We are God's spoiled children. We have too much. So either we want yet more, or we fear to lose what we have and so play it safe with religion. Do we think that God doesn't see this imposture, pretense, and deceit? And if we think not, we'd be following up our being spoiled brats by becoming self-deluding fools and opportunists. O sacred heart of Jesus, what wretched people we are. Now about Lent. Do you remember Ash Wednesday? Jesus is still in the desert. Today, he's on day 26 of his fasting. No food. By now, his hunger would be towards a ravening madness. The devil tempts him, as you remember, to make bread. But our Lord remains in intense prayer with his Father. Where are you on day 26 of Lent? What has changed in you since Ash Wednesday in your eating, drinking, reading, praying, entertaining yourselves, your ways of talking and acting in private and in the company of others? Anything? Or are you the same as before? Are you loving yourselves any less? Is your impatience or your anger under better control? Has your wicked tongue been subdued? Shame on us if we've not been affected by Lent. We need to be chastened and humbled by it. We need what the scripture calls a humbled and crushed heart. Crushed. That's the meaning of the word contrition. Crushed like stones under a mill wheel. We need to be consolers of Christ in this time of deep crisis for our holy Catholic Church, for our country with so many mentally deranged people in controls, and for the whole world. See our Lord in the desert, fasting, alone. See him on the mountain, 
having escaped from the crowd of flatterers and sycophants. He's ecstatic, which means out of himself, in the deepest loving union with God his Father, while his body is mortified, more dead than alive through his fasting. What resemblance do we have to the Lord this Lent? Of course, I wouldn't want you to be imprudent by trying excessive or severely oppressive bodily penances that would do you physical harm. But I'm far more worried that many people may be doing near nothing for Lent and missing the golden opportunity, the advantage for the salvation of their souls. Let's be God's grateful children, those who are generous in loving him. This is his will. We should not refuse such a provident God.